What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Random Redshirt Podcast. I am Zach, one of your hosts, and hosting with me, as always, is Chris. How's it going, Chris? Hello. Hello, Zach. Hello, everyone around the world and interwebs. Again, thank you for listening to us. Always great to be here, Zach. Um, have you have you recovered? Are you have you um, recovered from your sleep, or, uh, or did you get sleep? Well, I have gotten some sleep. I had to go back to work the day after we got back from LA, uh, but I'm still kind of recovering. You know, when we were when when we were both younger, this we would have recovered much faster. <laughs> uh, it's like a day and a half, and you're back, and it's like a week later, and I'm like, ugh. So I'm, I'm, I'd say like 98% recovered, but still a little bit, a little bit more sleep to go. How about, how about you? That's, that's good. That's good. I am, I don't think I'm recovered yet. You know, so, so I flew back um, and then went back to work the same, same day, not same day, next day, but had a really, really, really busy week at work and uh, working hard. And so, um, yeah, maybe I'll be able to recover this weekend. Good. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's left of the weekend, right? Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, for those of you who have never tuned into the podcast, we uh, welcome you to the Random Red Shirt Podcast. We are just two nerdy guys who like to talk about all things nerdy. Uh, we talk about Star Trek, Star Wars, everything in between, so a little bit of pop culture sprinkled in. Uh, we do talk a lot about Star Trek, but not just Star Trek. However, uh, today is geared around Star Trek, and and uh, we're looking forward to talking about Star Trek Picard Season 3, Episode 1, entitled The Next Generation. Very, uh, very appropriate title, given the uh, specific episode. Um, if you have not been to our social media pages, be sure to check us out on Instagram and Facebook. You can search for the Random Red Shirt Podcast, and we will pop up. You can also Google our podcast name, and we'll pop up there as well. We also have a YouTube channel. If you are watching us on YouTube, you've probably figured that out, that we have a YouTube channel. If you are listening to us on any of your favorite podcast platforms, you can also go and check out the video version of this episode on YouTube as well. And uh, that our YouTube channel is um, not super old, Chris. I think we've had it for less than a month right. um, when we started Brand recording new. videos, right? Yeah, it's fairly, fairly new still. So uh, be sure to go check it out on there. It's very fast growing, lots of great content on there not all of our episodes are on there if you're watching this most of our episodes were audio only and recorded and then uploaded to the podcast platform so that's where you're going to find a majority of them but from the point uh when we started recording with tracy coco we started using video with her and then we moved uh forward and that's why you see i think only right now 12 this would be the 13th episode on youtube so yeah, that's right. We're really glad we found the YouTube platform or found it. We knew it was there. The <laughs> I was time. Say, did we find it? I we find it. Yeah. 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 But uh yeah. but it's good. It's it's new for us and we're improving along the way. So we're we're doing uh, better and better. So at least yeah. you can say we are completely authentic. So it's great. Yes. Yeah, yeah yep. You're gonna you're gonna hear all, everything. Yeah. <laughs> we don't have a blooper reel yet, although maybe we should. That yeah. blooper reel would be pretty long, <laughs> especially with me. Uh but anyways. Uh, so, you know, we have a lot of our episodes in the past, we've done a segment called need to know, which is typically where we start out and we give you guys some things. Those of you listening all over the interwebs, as Chris says, <laughs> um, things that we feel like you need to know, right? Things that are out there in the nerddom, different, you know, shows and movies coming out or things we found books we've read, whatever. Uh, and we haven't done that for a while. We've been really busy with some of these episodes and had a lot to pack into the time that we we're given. 
But today on this episode, we're going to jump really quickly into some need to knows, a couple sad ones and some really cool ones. But let's uh, let's go ahead and start that off. So, Chris, what's the first thing our audience needs to know as of Saturday, February eighteenth, two thousand and twenty-three? This one snuck up on me, but it did. We were talking about this a few months ago. But Atman and the Wasp: Quantum Manium is now out in theaters. I have not seen it myself. I yeah, do... I think it just came out yesterday, the seventeenth. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, that's right, just yesterday. I am. I do like Ant Man a lot. I think it's very funny. Uh, so if I get a chance to go in the theaters, I definitely want to do that. I have seen the trailers like a few uh, a few times. Um, so looks looks pretty exciting. You know, looks like um, there's going to be a lot of interaction between Scott Lang and his daughter. So yeah, yeah that's going to be there. When we both get a chance to see it, I think that'll be something we want to talk about. And Absolutely. Yeah, we'll have to do a review of the third Ant-Man movie. Uh, my kids and I both love the Ant-Man movies. We've seen both of them. Uh, they really want to go see it in the theater. So. We uh, we plan to make a trip there and sometime in the near future to get that uh, get that checked off the list. <laughs> That'll be great. Excellent, excellent. Yeah. Now I know you love the next. You love the next need to know. Yeah. So okay. So there, there's two trailers that have come out recently for for movies um, that are on the horizon this year. First one, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. We've known that's coming out for a while now. Disney announced that was going to be out this year. Last year they announced that I think or two years ago, whenever it was. Um, so that trailer is out now. It looks great. Can't wait to see that. I think the first two Guardians movies were fantastic. So this is going to have some big shoes to fill to li live up to those first two Guardians movies. But the other one, they released a trailer. Uh, I think it was during one of the NFL playoff games that they released the trailer, I think. And um, I there was some serious doubt whether this movie is actually going to get released because the guy that plays the new flash in this movie the flash uh got in a lot of legal trouble and there was concern whether they were actually going to release it or not well the reason why a lot of people including us both chris are excited about this is because michael keaton is reprising his role as batman and in this trailer we get some absolutely amazing shots of keaton in the back in the bat cowl and uh, it just makes me feel like a kid all over again watching the 89 Batman movie. Uh, have you, You've watched the trailer, right, for it? Yeah, I've watched the trailer a few times. I'm Did it give you goosebumps when you saw Keaton in the, in the Batman cowl again? Absolutely. It was outstanding to see yep. Keaton in the Batman cowl. And I, I don't care how the rest of the movie is. All I care about is seeing Keaton as Batman again. Well, I was hoping that, you know, most of the movie is about Batman and not the Flash. So if, we, <laughs> yeah, if, they, exactly, if, right? if they can do that, I'll be like, okay, that's that's good. Let's do that. I, I am hoping I am hoping that the movie is as good as the trailer, you know, so we'll yeah. see how that comes out. But yeah, 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 we'll see. All right, Chris, what's the next thing our audience needs to know? Yeah, well, we did have some sad news. So. Um, people may not be familiar, but uh, Gerald, and I might get his last name wrong, Freed, he passed away, and he's the composer for the music from the original series episodes, such as the Doomsday Machine and the famous Amok Time. So, you know, every time we see those original series episodes, those that music um, and that soundtrack are, are pretty prominent, and that's what we really remember. So... Yeah. Um, you know, he def definitely added some some legacy to, to Star Trek. So, yeah. so that is pretty cool. Yeah, and we also had, uh, we you know, we definitely want to remember there was another passing away. We'll talk about that. Um, so we had Annie Wershing pass, pass away 
Um, for you and Isaac, that was kind of that was sudden news. But, yep. And she played uh, the Borg Queen, like recently in Picard season season two, I believe. Correct. Yep. Yep. So, yep. Um, it's very fitting that we address this on this episode because of her role in Picard, and, and um, I. I count my blessings because last year at the Star Trek convention was her first ever convention. I be- ever first ever Star Trek convention, I believe. And the last day she w- she was there, I almost didn't. I almost left the convention, but I decided before I left the convention area to go up to her table, talk with her. I got a photo that she signed for me um, from the show Timeless, which was on NBC. It was a time travel show where she played a bad guy. I worked for this organization called Rittenhouse. Uh, really fantastic show. If you guys have not seen that show, try to find it streaming somewhere, maybe on Peacock, I think, which I think is NBC streaming thing, maybe. Yeah. Um, and uh, it, it it's such a fantastic, it only got two seasons before they canceled it, but it was so good. And she was really good in that show. Uh, and she was a great board queen and a super, super um, wonderful lady. Great to talk to. We talked for probably 10, 15 minutes, mostly about Timeless, because I love that show. And also some about Picard. Um, so it's really, really sad that, uh, to hear her passing. Apparently she had been battling cancer and it wasn't very well known and she leaves a very young family behind. So please keep her in your thoughts and prayers for sure. And the, the first episode of Picard season three is actually dedicated to her as I saw in in the end credits. Oh, it was, I missed that then. Oh, well that's great. I think that's awesome that they did that because she had a, a pretty big role in Picard for sure. I mean, you think about it, right? Other than Suzanne Thompson and other than um, uh, Alice Krieg, those are the only two Borg queens, I believe. Um, you know, at ones that, uh, yeah, right. the only two ones other than Girardi, who becomes the Borg queen in season two. Uh, but she joins a very, she was a part of a very small group of, of women who played Borg queens. Right. Uh, and she And she was fantastic. So, um, yeah, we're gonna definitely going to miss her for sure. Very talented actress. Yeah. Um, okay, Chris, the final thing on our need to know, we're very excited uh, to let you know that the next episode of the Random Retro Podcast is going to be also about Star Trek Picard, <laughs> but we are going to have back with us the iconic legend and Star Trek royalty, Doug Drexler, who was on with us before, I believe he was on with us in what season two of our podcast. Yeah, I think so. Uh, uh, maybe see, yeah, I think see, I think it was season two, maybe season three. Uh, no, it would have been season three because we we talked with him when we talked about D Space Nine. So our last season. So go check that episode out. Um, but we're gonna get video this time with him, which is great. Uh, and we're gonna have him back on to talk about uh, the beginning of the end in Picard season three. Uh, and that episode with him will be coming out this week. So we look forward to uh, chatting with Doug again and getting a chance to hear his thoughts now that the first episode of Picard is out. That's outstanding. Really thankful that he's he's coming back on and sharing that with us. It's going to be wonderful. Yeah, we're really looking forward to that. Anytime you get a chance to talk to Doug Drexler, he is an absolute wealth of knowledge in Hollywood as well as Star Trek. So, uh, all right, Chris, I think there's one more thing you wanted to talk about or need to know. What is that? Yeah, I just want to share. So I, I've been able to read several graphic novels, so I really enjoy that. But if people haven't read the graphic novel, it's a DC Comics graphic novel, Kingdom Come. Highly recommend they read that. Um, it's, so it's about our iconic DC Justice League superheroes in the future and what what they face and what becomes of them. And the other one was Batman Damned. Um, and Batman Damned is a uh, one of DC's, I think, their uh, mature reader line 
uh, of graphic novels. Very, very, very artistic. And so if people have uh, not read it, I highly recommend it. It is unlike it is unlike any other Batman graphic novel I have I've read before. So recommend mm. those if people haven't seen it. Uh, Batman Damned isn't I don't think it's super new, is it? Because I think I've heard of it and I'm I've heard very good things, very good ratings about it. So yeah, correct. It's not super new, um, okay. but definitely, definitely artistic, and definitely up to different interpretations too, which which I liked. But it, but it's a must read for Batman fans, right? I would say yes. I would yeah. say definitely yes uh, for you know adult adult Batman adult right. Batman fans. Yeah. Yeah. Not not six year olds. Yeah. Absolutely <laughs> not. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. No. I, I still I still need to finish my my Batman. Um, uh, is it Batman Noel, right? Is that what Batman it's called? Well. Yep, Batman yeah, yeah, yeah. Well. I still got to finish that. Uh, it's on my list of things to do along with several other books <laughs> I've got to read. Oh, I did pick up a book while we were in, we were in LA, Chris. It was the, the, uh, it, it's a, it's one, part of the legends or classic series of books. It's been out for a long time. It's called us. Uh, it's a star Wars book called death troopers, but it's not the death troopers we think of from like, um, rogue one and things like that. It's about a, like a ship that is um in ruins and everything and this 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 ship boards this this uh you know partly destroyed star destroyer or whatever and they're all like zombies and stuff zombie-esque so uh it it looks really good i'm excited to read it yeah that sounds really cool that sounds like it just your description sounds like it would translate really great uh visually like into a either a streaming movie or a movie itself (laughs) Yeah, well, with the way Disney's going, they're going to make something out of everything in Star Wars, so. Indeed. Yeah. All right, well, let's jump in. Um, let's. I, I thought, for those of you listening, if you hadn't had a chance to listen to our Picard Season 1 and 2 reviews, you probably should go back and check those out as a primer if you have not watched Picard Season 3 yet to get yourself ready for Season 3. But if you haven't, we're going to give you kind of the Reader's Digest version here a little bit. We're going to kind of give you some uh, general thoughts and and uh, a quick discussion about the first two seasons of Picard to prime you as we get ready to jump into the first episode of Season 3 of Picard. So uh, once we get done with this piece, this is where the um, old information about Picard will end, and we will begin uh, start talking about Season 3. So we'll let you know when to turn off the episode if you have not watched the first episode of season three. If you're listening to this particular episode of our podcast, there's probably a good chance you may have already actually seen episode one. But if not, and you don't want to be spoiled, we'll tell you when to shut it off. So that being said, uh, Chris, let's kind of jump into the first two seasons really quickly, just kind of run through some stuff before we talk about season three. And um, give me some of your thoughts. Let's let's kind of go back in in the time machine a little bit here and talk about some of the details of those first two seasons of Picard. Yeah, season one of Picard really, um, Reader's Digest and high, high level, you know, really was about exploring um, and learning about Data's daughter, learning about um, Hugh from, from the Borg, um, searching potentially for Data, which, which we do actually find at the end. And then we, we do meet some brand new characters. You know, we, we meet Soji, who believe we believe is is data's daughter at the time and an, another character rafi and we learn that rafi has a history with with admiral picard we meet agnes uh Girardi, you know who's a scientist and 
Laris, uh, a former Romulan intelligence op officer, uh, Cristobal Elnor. I think Elnor is a, a Romulan, uh, so trained trained in the arts of assassination, and you know ha has some history from history with Picard when he was a young boy. So, um, you know, we we have that all all in season one, kind of culminating to the end where we do meet uh, eventually the consciousness of Data that that Captain Picard, Admiral Picard meets and and which was nice to reunite and then we we have the you know the the final rest resting of of data as as uh you know data asks picard to kind of end his consciousness so it's such a touching scene too very yeah. like if you know if you're a fan of tng if you if you're a, a massive trekkie or trekker um and, and i know TNG being your favorite show, Chris, mm -hmm. and Star Trek franchise, that scene, you can't help but get emotional when you when you when you when you realize of all the people that data could have had there to kind of end his consciousness, it's Picard. Nobody else, yeah. just Picard. Yeah. And so I know that, that to me was touching. Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, and I know there's a lot of there's a lot of different and varied and mixed feelings about that. <laughs> I'm laughing because the, the mic is floating. <laughs> yeah, my mic is starting to. I don't know what's going on here. <laughs> but but um, there, this new boom is is I've got to figure it out. I don't know. It's got, a, it's got its own mind. Which is, it does. It's yeah. possessed by the board. It's possessed by the Borg. I don't know. That's right. That's right. But uh, I know that uh, you and I felt kind of differently about the ending of season one. Right. I, I felt that it, it didn't feel right to me. Um, but but, you know, there's a lot of different different opinions on that so mixed on that end on on season one that i think in general people people felt so that but that was season one how yeah. about um yeah how do you want to touch on season two how that one felt sure i mean you you notice a trend here with star trek right we talked about this um when we've talked about voyager i think in particular our, our if you go back and watch our episode of uh, uh voyager uh part one our, our look at that series um if, even if you look at Deep Space Nine, when we, we talked about that series, there's a trend that I've noticed with Star Trek where when you get a new Star Trek series, they like to bring in familiar faces or familiar things from a previous series or series um, or series -es, uh, <laughs> in order to say, OK, yeah, this is a new show, but we're going to bring in bring in some familiar faces to kind of ease the transition into a new crew or into a new setting, new time period, whatever. Right. Um, Enterprise was really the only one that didn't do that. But you still saw familiar things like in Broken Bo Broken Bow, where you have the Klingon, right? He was on Earth being chased. Klingons are and they looked familiar, right? They look like the TNG era Klingons. Yes. That's a familiar thing, right? So you're bringing something familiar in. With Picard, it was the same way, right? We got familiar faces besides Picard, such as uh, Riker, Troy, Seven of Nine, Data, Hugh, Q. You get all these things that are familiar for people who are fans of TNG. So that's something I know we pointed out, Chris, and I think that's – it's kind of a good thing, right? It kind of helps the tr ease the transition into a new series. Yeah, for sure. For sure it does. It helps people. Yeah. So season two, um, I'll be honest with you, uh, between the first two seasons, I think I like season one better from the sense that I just felt like season two kind of got, I don't know, weird a little bit to me. You know, you look at season two, we have time travel because it wouldn't be Star Trek without time travel. 
Um, and they time travel back to basically our, our current time, right? 2024. And of course it's easy to do that. You don't have to like film on sounds. I mean, you can film in places and you don't have to really change the look of anything because it's our modern time. Right. Um, Raffi and seven all of a sudden kind of becoming a thing that that just didn't seem uh, it just kind of seemed like they were forcing that I don't know I it, they, they, again you know Raffi's a new character I don't mind how they created Raffi to be the way she was seven was an already established character I don't know why they needed to mess with that but um, that became a thing you had Girardi who became the Borg queen at the end. And she was like the weird creature they saw on the ship at the very beginning of the season. And then they realize it's her at the end. And she's like trying to simulate the ship, but maybe not. And that whole thing was weird. I did like the Europa mission storyline. That was really cool. How Picard's ancestor was really hesitant to go on it. And she, she had a lot of um, self doubt, uh, which they tie that into a little bit of a young Picard. Um, and so that was really cool. I felt like that storyline took up way too much screen time, especially at the party. You remember that party they had yes. and they showed up? I swear they were at that party for like 70, 70 episodes. It just <laughs> felt like forever. It's like the writers didn't have enough to fill in the whole season. So like, oh, we're just going to make this party like 15 episodes worth. Um, you know, you had Picard's parents in his past. Uh, I did find that very fascinating to discover kind of what made Picard closed off from this idea of getting close to people in a romantic sense or having some sort of, you know, other than being a captain, right, of a ship, we always knew that from TNG that Picard never allowed himself to really love. Um, and I think this kind of goes back to the, you know, having to deal with the death of his mother, they deal with mental health and suicide. And that's, that's what Star Trek does, right? It addresses really difficult topics. Um, and so I like that they address that, especially given today's world. But the story arc itself, again, I felt like took up too much time. Hmm. Um, I I feel like they could have made that like half an episode in a bit, and it had been, you know, more than enough as far as you know filling in time. And then for me, and I, I know we've talked about this, Chris, and go back and watch our season two review of Picard. But that that ending between Q and Picard. I know you were a huge fan of that scene, the writing yeah. in that scene. Um, Share your thoughts again for those maybe who have not listened to that episode yet, but you should go do it. Uh, tell me your thoughts about that scene and how it made you feel between Q and Picard. So I do think overall season two, I liked more. Right? I like more season two than you like season two. Um, in particular, because it was a very personal story about Picard and Picard's character and his inability um, to experience intimacy with other people. Yeah. And throughout throughout season two, I think it is because so, so Picard is very much a person that he wants to be, you know, he's he's educated, of course. Right. But he, he is a learner in the different arts and philosophy. Um, but it is very much about him learning self-knowledge. But he learns that self-knowledge. The reason why he's learning that self-knowledge is because of Q. And Q is you know now Q is mortal and Q is realizing he is he is um, he is dying. So in Q's own way, Q's kind of Q himself, he's contemplating um, what 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 gives him meaning. What does what gives Q meaning, right? And so for Q, he's like, well, 
my meaning is is to help give something to someone I care about. Hmm. You know, if thinking that okay, can Q actually care about someone? But he does. Q cares about <laughs> yeah. Q cares about Captain Picard. More Capitan. Right, right. So that so Q is having Picard go through all all of this um, struggle to gain self knowledge. Um, and then there's a beautiful phrase that that Q said. Like he said something like the the trap is not important. It's the escape that is everything. You know, and I'm I'm getting that that exact phrase wrong, but that was the essence of it. So um, the that end moment where you have those those two people, Picard and Q, and they had been you know adversaries for for much of of TNG and had this very very um, you know antagonic antagonistic relationship. Certainly Q did with 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 Picard. But for me, it was just, it was beautiful for Q to express his own mortality and to say to the to Picard, this is what I wanted to give you so you can open up and experience like true intimate bonding with other human beings, right? So that's kind of the greatest gift that you can give to someone. And Picard kind of accepting and acknowledging that. And then Picard giving Q, I love that he gives Q like the, the hug at the end. And, and Picard, yeah. you know, kind of showing true gratitude, true gratitude to Q. And that's which, which as far as that we've seen on screen with Q, Q may have never like experienced that, right? True yeah. gratitude from, from someone. So I thought that was very moving, something that uh, I didn't expect, but kind of closed the loop for me on season two, where that was all about like self knowledge, and mm. and so those are those are you know to wrap up my thoughts on. This <laughs> on is why two. I asked Chris. You guys, you guys hear <laughs> why I asked Chris because he shares such great insight <laughs> like this, and I'm talking about like, oh yeah, the Borg Queen was kind of weird, and you know. <laughs> Too much storyline of this, you know. This is this this is what makes our podcast show so much fun. It's the yin and the yang, right, Chris? It's the, it's the yeah. That's yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I, okay. I did, yeah. Yeah. No, go ahead. But like, it's I was trying to remember at the end of season two, right? There's the battle. Uh, there's some battle with this uh, that happened, and and the Federation and the Borg kind of teamed up together. Yeah, battle something that was coming in. So that's where I felt a little bit lost. Like I, I know something's happening there, and um, with season one or episode one of season three, um, I don't know. I don't know if they're going to explore what happened at the end, or if we're going to continue like what happened at the very end of uh, season two or not. Did Did the end of season two give you a feeling a little bit of like an all good things? That scene at the end, you know, with the rupture yeah. and all the enterprises show up. It's not exactly yeah. the same, but you know what I mean? It kind of had that all good things feel because Q was there and being rejudged and all this stuff. I thought it was, um, had got a little bit of that feel. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. So, okay. That, you know, very, very, very brief, uh, you know, just kind of general, some general thoughts from the first two seasons. Again, if you want the full review, if you want to hear what our Random Richard podcast ratings were for the first two seasons uh, based on a scale of one to five com badges, you'll have to go back and listen to those previous episodes. So be sure to do that. Um, those episodes can be found on 
whatever platform you get your podcast, those were not video. Those were only audio. So be sure to go back and visit your favorite podcast platform. Look those episodes up for the season one review and then the season two review and check those out. But we're here today in this particular episode to talk about season three, episode one of Picard titled The Next Generation, which obvi, right? Okay. Um, when this the episode starts, Chris, and you get that initial music as you're kind of coming in, does it harken back to anything for you when you hear that music? Yeah, it really took me, it felt really cinematic, I would say. So it, yeah. it took me back to TNG, of course, but also not just TNG, it took me back to um, the original series movies uh, with with um, Kirk and Spock and McCoy, mm -hmm. um, as well as the TNG movies, as well as the TNG series. Um, yeah, that music where it's like, da, na, 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 you know. Yeah, that. yeah. You know, and, very um, much like insurrection, you know, first yeah. contact a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought, you know, that was fantastic. And, it these when it really opened up, it really felt, um, yeah, as I said, like cinematic and, and entering into a movie. So I thought that was, that was pretty, that was great, great to see. How did you feel? same yeah <laughs> very 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 uh got got the got the emotions going on that one some throwback of the days you know in uh in high school watching some of those classic um classic star trek series and movies um the tng movies i, I can't remember specifically which tng movies that i saw in the theater but i do remember seeing insurrection and nemesis in the theater i pretty sure i saw first contact as well um I'm almost positive on that one i don't think i saw generations in the theater i think that was a, I, that was a vhs movie <laughs> and you know then the dvd or whatever after that but um yeah very much reminiscent of that we get some of that i, I, I don't know it wasn't early berlin but it, it that old school kind of uh like 1930s i think maybe 1940s ish style music as it the the show breaks open when it talks that you know it says like CBS Studios presents or whatever, and it breaks in, and you see space, and you see all these beautiful nebulas, and then the ship, we the camera begins to peer into uh, another nebula, and you get this ship that looks Federation. Yes. You know, you can't tell a hundred percent, but it's it's pretty pretty sure it's Federation. Um, and you start to see some other ships coming in. You know, we get um, Doctor Crusher on the ship. I found it interesting. There was a lot of initial Easter eggs that we got in this. We got uh, some Easter eggs from the TNG series. Your camera's cutting out there, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, it was. You 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 fro you froze more than a than a box of uh, Girl Scout cookie thin mints on that one, Chris. But yeah, we um, had, you know we're authentic. We had some you know technical difficulties, hey, but we'll. <laughs> this is this is real life we're talking about here, right? Yeah. Well, not not Picard. That's not real life, but you know, recording. Anyways, so <laughs> um, we 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 see Doctor Beverly. Well, before we see Doctor Beverly Crusher, we 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 know we discover it's her ship, right? But in the scene leading up to her appearing on camera, did you notice all the Easter eggs that were all over in the those first couple scenes? There were a few I noticed. Were there some that you noticed? I yeah, there were several, weren't there? Um, yes, quite a few. There was. Some one of them actually made me jump out of my seat. Oh really? Yeah. 
I know that. Um, so she had Jack Crusher's case, right? And she yep. had. Um, and it said the Stargazer on it. Oh, and a medical away team award that she had. Um, yep. And that, that ties back to an episode called Allegiance from TNG, where nice. Cru- Crusher and her team beam down to this planet and they're able to cure this, this uh, plague that's going on. And so they're they're given this honorary citizen award for doing that. And and I think in the background there was a log uh, from Captain Picard when back in the Enterprise D days where they're they're talking about um, the Borg. From yeah, Best it's from Best of Both Worlds, yeah. I believe, Part One. Yeah. Yep, that's yeah. what made me jump out of my seat. Oh, I'm that's like, awesome! I'm like, yes, they brought in Best of Both Worlds into this. That's fantastic. And the blue drink. I, I saw that blue drink and I was like, that's got a, I mean, that looked like Romulan ale. Either that or it's blue Gatorade, but gotta be Rom- <laughs> Well, I was thinking ale. maybe Romulan ale or Andorian right. ale. Oh, oh, that's right. But it yeah. would make sense to be Romulan ale because this particular area we find out later is on the edge of Federation space. Mm-hmm. We know Romulan ale is illegal in the Federation, although they they talk about drinking it in Nemesis um, and other and even in Star Trek Six, they drink Romulan ale too, right? And Star at, Trek at, Two, yeah, at the dinner, yeah, yeah. So, but it's on the edge of Federation space, so it kind of would make sense that maybe she's got some illegal contraband drink there, you know. But she doesn't care; she's on the edge of the edge of Federation space. So, yeah. Why is this pro- prohibition on Romulan ale? It must taste good because everyone seems to really like it. So, it tastes good, but then the hangover you get clearly is absurd because it even affects Worf. I mean, he's a Klingon; he can drink. <laughs> gallons of blood wine and be all right but yeah yeah um yeah so lots of lot i mean there's other various little uh medical equipment hypo sprays and things like that um scattered about as we see this scene opening up and in this scene uh crusher shows up and um we see her ships under attack by some sort of aliens they don't say exactly what they are but did you did those aliens look, I mean, they didn't look exactly like anything in particular, but they kind of reminded me of a specific set of aliens that we did see one time in TNG. Did oh, their that, faces look did? familiar to you? Yeah, I, I haven't placed it yet. You know, I was thinking about that because I watched it again today and I was like, I can't place it. But but it was interesting. You know, we can talk about this later that because we learned that supposedly their faces change right every time so um there's got to be some connection in there but what did what did you notice from from the original series well i was talking with um a couple buddies of mine uh james and tommy and they mentioned and then i, I was like okay i can kind of see it now that they, they kind of they don't exactly look like it, but they kind of look like the aliens from that TNG episode uh, schisms, mm-hmm. you know, the one where the people are being abducted into some alternate dimension. Riker's typically the first one that we notice something's up. He's got the headaches and can't sleep very well. And mm. that whole thing happens, all the all the abductions and experiments on the uh, Enterprise crew. Very good episode. Very creepy. I think we actually talked about that during our Halloween special. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you haven't watched that episode, go back and watch our Halloween special uh, or listen to it, I should say. Um but yeah, they kind of remind me a little bit of those aliens from the episode Schisms. Did did that did that kind of mm-hmm. any sense ring a bell? Does, did you notice any kind of subtle 
similarities or anything? You know, that does kind of ring a bell. And I, to be honest, I'd have to go back and take a look at schisms and, and kind of look at it again. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see it as it develops. Yeah. So in this fight that happens, she she's on the ship, right? She's got some type a type three phaser rifle. We see that in Star Trek First Contact, which is amazing. Oh. Um and she's wounded in the attack. She is shot and hit. And then, you know, before the, the scene ends, uh, she's able to send out a coded message to one Admiral Picard. Yes. Um, and then from there, the scene changes, things get different. So where do we go from there? Then I believe we go to uh, Admiral Picard's chateau. Yeah. And the kind of the, the interaction between he and and Laris, which was yep. which was pretty neat. So I I did I did like that. And he's gazing at his the beautiful portrait of the Enterprise D. And which was in his ready room on, <laughs> on the D. Yeah, that's right. It, yeah. Was it the same ready. the same scene? I think you're right. The same scene. The exact yeah that that painting is the painting that would have hung in I mean it may not mm -hmm. be the exact one that was made for the the series but you know what I mean the same painting that should have been the one hanging in his ready room it's not in the same frame it looks yeah. like it's been you know restored or cleaned up or whatever uh, since then but yeah it was from his ready room yeah yeah that hung so, behind the little couch he had in there yeah that's right that's right and so so then we get to see a little bit of uh, the interaction with between he and Laris and they're preparing. Sounded like they were preparing to go. Um, Laris had either an assignment or a mission or some sort of duty she was going to go go towards on another planet um, that yeah. she had to take care of, and they were going to go together. And uh, Picard was going to accompany and talk about writing his memoirs and saying he was, you know, prepared to do that. And so, so I really to talk about that. I really liked that interaction, and I'm glad Laris was was there, and I really liked the. Um, the tone and kind of the chemistry between Laris and uh, Picard there. And I, I, I liked in particular, I really liked what she said to him uh, because she said, you know, a point comes in a man's life where he looks to the past to define himself, not just the future. Mm -hmm. And Picard says, he says, I hope, that's not going to be me. So I that that really uh, I really I really loved that between between Laris and, and Picard. So and I'm I'm glad we got to to have that there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We get we get some other Easter eggs in that scene too. There's in particular when he's going he's going through some personal effects on his table, right? Mm -hmm. And he holds up his Resican flute. Indeed, from the episode The Inner Light. Yeah. Which, I you know, it would be an emotional one, but I I definitely feel like that should, that could certainly be a spotlight focus, you know, episode discussion in a in a later episode of our podcast where we talk just about the inner light because it's such a powerful episode, and we talked about if you have not listened to our episode uh, during Captain Picard Week as part of Strange New Pods Captain Picard Week. Uh, we did an episode for them that was centered around Jean-Luc Picard and his relationship with his bridge crew. And we mentioned that, right, about I think that his uh, 
the way he approached things, you know, the way he viewed maybe some of his crew and his life and stuff, I think changed after that event, right? Where he's zapped by that alien probe and he lives that entire life in mere moments in real time, um, has a family, his, 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 uh, view and his approach towards kids changed. I feel like, um, mm-hmm. all that stuff changed. And so um, that's a powerful episode. But the rest can flute was something that he uh, that he 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 brought in. And that was certainly something I was like, yeah, the rest can flutes back. Yeah, it was really nice to see that and that and see that have so much meaning to him. So it was yeah, great. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So uh, we we get that right, and then um, he's going through his effects, and 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 that whole scene happens. We shift away, we come back, and later we see Picard sitting at the desk. It's, it's the evening time now, right? And all of a sudden, he keeps hearing this chirping, which is a very sim- very familiar chirping sound. We all know, right? The communicator chirp. Yeah. And he can't find out where it is. The computer doesn't know. And there's this kind of funny exchange between him and the computer because the computer is trying to basically telling him obvious stuff, and he's getting frustrated. He ends up digging through this little box and comes across his old communicator from when he was on the Enterprise, D. And uh, he, he's trying to figure out, you know, wh- why would anybody send a message, a coded message, to an old 20-year-old communicator from the Enterprise, D? Well, he's about to find out, right? Mm-hmm. And he's able to get the, uh, the, uh, communic- the communication um, unencoded. We do hear him say, Four seven Alpha Tango, which is a reference to his personal code that's used. I know in the movies. I don't remember if that's his code. He his his captain's code he used in the TNG series or not. But yeah, I'd have to go back and check it out too. But you you said you recognize that from the movies. That's cool. I didn't yeah. connect that. Yeah, he uses that in First Contact for sure. I don't know if Insurrection or not, but you do hear it in the movies. That was mm-hmm. that definitely stood out to me, especially from First Contact. Nice. Um, but he discovers that there's this message from Beverly. Now, we also learn in episode one that him and Beverly, and actually the whole crew, had Beverly just kind of up and vanished. She 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 kind of ghosted everybody and decided that, you know, she was going to separate her life from everybody else and go her own way. And no one had really seen or heard from her in twenty some years. And Picard mentions when he meets with Riker that, um, you know, he he. The way things ended with him and Beverly 20-some years ago wasn't really that great, yeah. and he didn't think that that was going to be the last time he talked to her in all these years. So interesting there. Um, but the message from Beverly I thought was very, very fascinating, right, where she says, hey, uh, I, you know, I got these coordinates for you. She tells him this code word, Hellbird, which she has no idea what that means. Um, she says she, he can't trust anyone. Don't go to Starfleet. And he's like, oh my gosh. So of yeah. course, who does Picard go to first when he needs help? Yeah. Riker is yeah, yeah person he can trust on these yeah. kinds of things, you know, trust ultimately. Yeah. Cool. And we talk about this as well on our episode with strange new pod, the relationship that the two of those them build, right? I mean, they, yeah. they were together for a long time. They were together for for a first officer as good as Riker was, he should have been a captain a lot earlier. But we we mentioned about how he he has loyalties to Picard. Um, he 
he loves being on the enterprise. Obviously. I mean, if you're a first officer, the flagship of the enterprise, if you do well enough there, you're going to get your own captain seat pretty easily. Yeah. And Riker had the opportunities to do that and turn them down, including yeah. a ship called the Titan. <laughs> um, so yeah, very interesting. Uh, and so he goes to Riker and Riker tells him, you know, I don't, what's out there. What is that? These coordinates and, and Picard's like, I don't know. They don't mean anything to me. And then he asked him about this code name called Hellbird. And we learn, where's the tie back to best of both worlds? We learn that um, Hellbird is the the name of the computer virus that was on the Enterprise while Picard was Locutus. Yeah. And it it changed every, all the diff, all this different stuff to have a three at the end. And so they add that three and do all this magic stuff in their little computer pad and all of a sudden, now they have these new coordinates in some place called the Riton system, which right. I don't think is mentioned in other Star Trek. I think that's a new system that was created for this. I think so. Right. Yeah. I, that doesn't sound familiar, does it to you? No, I think it is brand, brand new to me. Brand new to me anyway. So, but I think it was, um, but I think that was like a great way to, to set up not only the meeting between um, Riker and Picard, but for Dr. Crusher. You know, to kind of send, send that. She must have known that when she said Hel Hellbird, right? Because she must have known that Picard would not have known what that meant. Um, and so, you know, she probably would have known that he would have had to go to one of one of uh, the crew to Riker to kind of figure that out. Yeah, they, 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 even after all those years, she had to have known him well enough to know he, he's going to go talk to Riker. He's going to talk yeah. to somebody that knows what that means, right? Or 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 he's obviously smart enough. He's going to figure out a way to find out what that means. Yeah. Um. So we learn that the writing system is 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 where potentially they think maybe that's where Beverly is or, or that's where they need to go to figure out what this message is all about. But they need a ship. <laughs> and that's where the scene shifts next to somebody else we know from the first two seasons right rafi that's right yeah 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 so rafi's going off um she's on a on a i forget the name of the planet but but she, you know she's on this different planet yeah something something prime i think yeah you know. yeah and she's um she's searching for information so she meets this uh secretive kind of person orion uh, orion and yeah he's an orion he's an orion interesting choice yeah, yeah. And so she's looking for information. You, I mean, we kind of learn later. You know, at the at the beginning, we think she's uh, kind of remiss and she's uh, a drug addict again. You know, we we learn later that she's uh, that's part of her that she's deep deep undercover. But but she's trying to figure out um, who who may have stolen a very powerful weapon from the Daystrom Institute. So a uh, very, very powerful weapon that can cause a lot of damage. So that's kind of the setup there that, that Rafi has. And um, looks like she has she has a handler um, that we don't identify the um, the handler yet. But, you know, Rafi's having some challenges because she is deep, deep undercover. Um, and she knows that there's a major weapon out there and she's trying to save a lot of people. So um, I, did, I did like that with Rafi. And, you know, we learned the kind of the code word or we we learn a phrase called called the red lady and that is what Rafi is trying to trying to discover like what what that what that means so yeah does that yeah 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 and once we learn what the red lady means 
it's very interesting what the Red Lady is, right? It's a statue mm -hmm. of the former Enterprise captain, Rachel Garrett. The Enterprise C captain who we we meet in yesterday yesterday's Enterprise. So already what I love about this is, you know, um, so many people have told us about season three of Picard before anything came out, right? That it was going to be a love letter to TNG and to the TN to fans of TNG and everything, which is mm -hmm. most Star Trek fans. I don't know. I don't know. I don't think I've ever met a Star Trek fan who's like, yeah, TNG sucks. <laughs> I mean, TNG's kind of been the gold standard for Star Trek for a long time, right? Um, but there's so many callbacks to the original TNG series uh, that I I love it. I love how much they're tying in the TNG series, and we get Rachel Garrett captain of the enterprise C in yesterday's enterprise, which also brings Tasha back in. Um, and uh, it's, it's really interesting that that's where she, she goes to this planet that where the statue is a statue. I, I went back and looked at a screen capture of this, Chris, and apparently this was a dedication ceremony of some kind for this statue that was being placed at this particular Federation location, some big, huge building or whatever. Um, and, and, we have to uh we'd be remiss if we didn't mention that there's this big event that's going on for the federation called um frontier day front frontier day or frontier celebration or something like that yeah. right frontier something yeah yeah and it's all about celebrating what riker mentions it the the last uh what is it 250 years of uh exploration and all that stuff and of course by mentioning the last 250 years that harkens back to 2150 2151 which would happen to be the beginning of star trek enterprise oh, so that's also yeah, okay. cool that they're bringing that time period in they're sneaking that time period in which they shouldn't they should just bring <laughs> enterprise stuff in but um i really like that i like that we get to see a statue of captain rachel garrett i mean the only time we really hear about rachel garrett in the enterprise c for the most part is that one episode so that's some that's some really deep tie-ins there, I think. Yeah, that's great. Um, you know, Rachel Garrett makes that choice, right? So they're uh, in that in that particular episode of Star Trek: The Next Generation, Rachel Garrett has to make that choice to go back to where they originated from, knowing that they're going into a battle where she is going to perish. Yeah. And she has to take her crew. Uh, so that's great that they're doing this dedication therm, you know, ceremony. I think it ties in like great thematically to some of the things that, that are in, I think that will be in, in this uh, particular season. So yeah, absolutely. Can we, can we just for one second, Chris, talk yeah. about that? Because I found that really fascinating. And this of course does tie into Picard because it's part of TNG and everything. Imagine being in, in Captain Garrett's, situation where you have to make the choice to take your crew into battle knowing that the knowing the out what what outcome has to happen in order for the timeline to be the way it's supposed to be right knowing full well you're all going to die like how do you make that decision to, instead of just saying no we're going to stay here and we're all going to stay here and be safe having to go back where you came from knowing your fate it's kind of similar to pike right in Strange New Worlds, Pike has seen his future. 
because of of you know touching that that crystal or stone whatever it is and you know on that klingon planet where he's he's shown his future and he's shown that he dies and he's shown the accident and the horrific disfigurement that he has yet he still chooses to continue on knowing that he's going down the path of that of that future i mean what would you do the same thing that captain rachel garrett did in that situation chris i don't know that i that'd be a real Ooh, i don't know if i could do that so you because it's not just you it's not just you going to sacrifice yourself right you're talking about having you're sacrificing your whole crew you're making a decision for them that affects their lives and i, I don't remember in that particular episode if if captain garrett was giving her crew a choice or or if they were doing it per her her, her orders I mean, it was her choice right to go back to that circumstance where she knew it, she was going to perish and had to yeah. do that fight but i think that is that's a great point that you bring up on like her choice to do that um, and in this this particular this particular episode what what i liked about it was the idea the idea of choice and yet at the beginning when captain picard had gotten the message from beverly um you know he he had gotten that message um but he was also hesitant right he was not sure what you know what to do a little bit because you know 20 years had passed uh yeah had had not ended well and you have a voice from the past coming out to ask for help so he wasn't sure but it was Laris, who I really liked in this exchange, because Laris is acting as kind of his his conscience and his counsel, and, yeah, I, and voice I, of reason, voice of reason, I, and I really like the relationship that that he and Laris has. But Laris said something beautiful to him to to, Cap, to Admiral Picard that I liked, and she said, "These are the lives we chose. Mm. These are the lives we chose." And so the things that are important to the captain of course right his 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 close crew was incredibly important to the admiral uh, also duty was incredibly important to the admiral and so when he hears that from Alaris, you know that kind of confirms his gut you know his gut feel what he knew he had to do but he hears this from 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 Laris saying um these are the lives we chose chose and so he's 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 making that conscious decision to go and help his friend, find his friend, and do all he can do for that. So, so thinking about that, like since we're talking about Captain Garrett and that that other, you know, her kind of decision that she had to do and being in 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 being in Starfleet um, and kind of understanding, hey, this is the life we chose. You know, this is the path path we chose right? with that. With that, you know, then there's all all these sacrifices that may have to may have to come with it, which she she decides to do, um, and is a hero and absolutely should have, um, you know, a, should have a uh, a great like memorial dedicated to her uh, to be able to do those things, to be able to do those those choices. Yeah. Um, so that's a little bit. I'm sorry, you got me kind of on a tangent there. But a little, no, no, little no, bit no, like no, no. That's there. good. I, yeah. I, I asked yeah. to, to yeah. talk about this for a second, right? I yeah. think it, this yeah. is something we shouldn't overlook. Yeah, this is a significant thing here to have um, another Enterprise captain be represented here on on Picard, yeah. right? It, it one that one that's probably the least representative of all the 
the enterprise captains thus far. Right. Yeah. Um, and so I thought that was cool. Unfortunately, the, uh, the red lady, the statue of captain Rachel, Garrett, this, this statue dedication or whatever, whatever they call it on the screen, uh, doesn't last long because as soon as Raffi warps in, guess what? The whole building goes down. And then everything, it looks like it's destroyed. And then all of a sudden it comes out of the sky and drops, which is crazy. Um, we discover that this level, this building is leveled by some sort of weapon uh, that I think was stolen, right? Yeah, this is the weapon I thought, like Rafi says, from the Daystrom Institute, stolen from the Daystrom Institute. And there's something about quantum tunneling. Right. Mm, so, yeah, um, I remember that phrase. So um, probably that'd be tight. That makes sense. Yeah, that's yeah. that's what happened. What was that? The planet that that happened on was that I wasn't sure where I thought it was Earth at first, but maybe it wasn't Earth. I don't know. I don't it didn't say, did it? I don't think it was. But I mean, I guess it could have been. Yeah. I don't know where it was, though. Um, for those of you listening, if you do know. Yeah. Hit us up. Let us know. Was it on Earth or not? Because it doesn't say. Maybe maybe we're just supposed to assume it was Earth. But mm -hmm. um, I I I I I was watching to see if there was any signs of where that was, and I didn't see it. So it's very possible it was on Earth, though. Yeah. Um, but if it was on Earth, you would have thought Raffi would have said something like, "Okay, take me to Earth or whatever ship," and then it would have taken off. You know, it'd have been more. It would have been more. I feel like direct. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but she just didn't say, she just said, take me here, whatever it was that she mentioned. Um, so that was very interesting. We get that scene. Then we cut yeah, and we see Picard and Riker in, uh, at the space dock. Right. And they're, they're flying up in their shuttle up to the ship that they're going to, they're going to get on. And they've kind of come up with this little ruse that they're going to use, right. To try to get the captain to alter course, to go, to rendezvous with these coordinates that they've gotten from Dr. Crusher. And we get the first glimpse of this brand new vessel, the USS Titan, which is a new class of vessel, I believe called a Neo constitution class. And I'll be curious. We'll have to get some more info from Doug. when we talk to him um, on the next episode of, the, of this podcast, uh, talking about Picard season three and, and get his take on the Neo constitution. Very little bit different. It had a little bit of a, like an ambassador class look to it. Uh, but you could also see a lot of remnants of the original constitution and the refit constitution from the, from the original series and the, the original series movies. So yeah. did, did, yeah. did the Titan, did Titan give you any kind of feelings when you see it on screen for the first time? It sure did. It sure did remind me of the refit constitution class from, from the movies. Um, and then particularly when they're going out of, uh, space dock yeah and and the the music that's playing in the background very very much like reminded me of of the original movies and the the refit enterprise and i did like i did like the look of the the neo constitution so it was it was uh neat you know very different than the galaxy class right so i mean it which was surprising. It, I mean, it really looked like, really looked like a constitution class. And yeah, I, I thought, oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Look, looked like it could be like an older ship than it, 
was just by the design but um yeah and we'll I, get I enjoyed we'll, it yeah we'll get to the uh, the lighting and the and the bridge oh, a little yeah. bit um but yeah so they 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 come on board the titan they're greeted by the first officer Annika mm-hmm. also known as seven of nine but yeah. they, the captain wants her to go by her real human name and then we meet uh they 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 go to dinner with uh, an individual named Captain Shaw, who's who's the, the captain of this ship, and uh, we 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 meet Captain Shaw and discover he's a giant prick. <laughs> like yeah. he is, he's something. Uh, did, uh, did did he remind you of any other characters we've met in Star Trek in the past? Like, I mean, we've met a lot of varied uh, captains and admirals with a variety of different types of persona. Did did he did he come across or remind you of anybody in particular? Captain Shaw was a very unpleasant individual indeed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? Nicer very, way of putting than what I said, very, but yes. Very, very, very unpleasant. So I, I would say, uh, you know, Captain uh, Jellico, but it's not fair to compare, for me, it's not fair to compare Captain Jellico to Captain Shaw because Captain Jellico was strict. He had a different like style, but he yeah. was not like, he was not a jerk. No, no, I think Jellico was fair. Yeah, he um, he was very cold, mm-hmm. but of course he did. This also didn't have the relationships with the crew like Picard did. Uh, but I thought he was a lot more fair. Yeah, I mean, Captain Shaw's just uh, yeah. He's just, you can say it, Chris. Go ahead. Yeah, you can per- say it, it's fine. He's being yeah. a personal like jerk. To, yeah, to the other people. So we'll see how he develops. Right. I don't, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's going to be very interesting to see how he develops. Yeah. Um, yeah, so they meet him over dinner. He doesn't care. If, well, he, even, he even points out that Picard is a former or retired admiral. He's not, so he's already downplaying any level of significance that Picard's status within the within Starfleet of the Federation holds. He's like, yeah, you're, yeah but you're a retired admiral. <laughs> you're not really an admiral anymore because you're retired. Which Captain Shaw does have a point. If he's a retired admiral, he does no longer is he's no longer active. He's not an actual admiral anymore. He should still get the the due, due respect, but he's not an actual admiral that can give him orders or anything. And then Riker, he's like, eh, I I know all about you, Riker. Like, yeah, you're the same rank as me, so eh. like, yeah, you're kind of wild. You're kind of you know loosey goosey and all that. Yeah. Um, but that that whole that whole dinner felt awkward as heck and not not awkward like it was the scene was done bad like awkward because of the way they interacted and picard and Riker are trying to convince him to take the ship to this this writing system and he's like yeah no we're good we're good um and so they go to they go to the 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 quarters which are basically bunk beds yeah that was funny that was pretty funny Riker. this is the best we can do for you it's the best they can do like like even Riker was like, I haven't slept like this since my academy days or yeah. whatever. You know, it's kind of funny. But, uh, of course, Picard's older, so he gets the bottom bunk. <laughs> um, but uh, um, th- they're in there. They're in there. And then all of a sudden, they're asked to meet Annika or Seven in this observation room where she pretty much tells them she's going to disobey Shaw's orders. And they go out under the bridge, and uh, she alters course, and they go to the writing system. Or and she... that's she already had she or yeah that's yeah, right you're right had. yeah that's right yeah she'd already altered course that's right yeah so she was basically telling them that we're gonna go here 
you're going to have about four minutes, you know, to get a shuttle. And that's it. That's that. And we find that, uh, captain's not too happy about all that. He wakes, he wakes up and, and finds out they're in some nebula and he can't believe it. He goes to the bridge and then realizes what she's done and pretty much says her career's over. And, um, this is where Riker and Picard steal the shuttle. They go out, they're floating around. I love the scene with Picard and Riker. I don't know how, what you thought of this, Chris, but they're in the shuttle, right? And Riker looks around and goes, you know, what a view, whatever, you know, it reminds you of why we came, why we come out here, you know, why we came out, something like that. I know I'm butchering the lines, but you know what I mean? Like that was a, that was a cool scene where it's like, yeah, this is, this is a reminder of why they did what they did. And Admiral Picard asks him, he looks over and says, are you enjoying this? And he says something like, no, of course not. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I like, I do like that. Yeah. I, 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 I really do love um, where Picard and Riker's relationship is at. Right. They're, they're, they're dear, dear friends. And the, the, the cast of TNG are such close, dear friends outside of the series that you can see that friendship outside the series carry over onto the screen. And that friendship that Riker and Picard has really uh, can rival many of the friendships we've discussed from other series. Right. Whether it's been you know, Tom Paris and, and, and Ensign Kim, whether it's been Bashir and O'Brien, any of these friendships we've discussed in other series, I would say Picard and, and Riker's friendship rivals any of them. Mm -hmm. So yeah. um, I, I really enjoyed, really enjoyed that and seeing that their, their friendship continued to evolve and become so close yeah. um, this later on in their lives like this. Um, so they get to the ship, they dock and they find a young, a young uh, guy still alive on board we discover that this is beverly crusher's son so the question is is this picard's son also like you know they didn't leave on good terms we don't know what those mm -hmm. terms were what happened is this a long lost son of picard like kirk had with uh with david <laughs> in star trek three i think it was right yeah. um and uh and then we they they find Beverly, but Beverly has has gotten into the stasis pod. We find that she's been helped in the stasis pod. They know she's injured, and they're trying to figure out you know what's been what's going on, trying to get it figure out the situation. And that's kind of where this the, the episode ends. Yeah. Um, the end credit music. Okay, tell me, Chris, because I remember I mentioned this to you. I think before you watched the episode, what did you think of that music and the end credits? I did really enjoy it. Yeah, it was it was beautiful. I think it it was related to some of the TNG movies, as yep. I recall. Um, yeah. And I, I did hear themes of the original um, Toss movies, I think, here and there. But um, I, I enjoyed it. I liked it a lot. Yeah. I liked it a lot. Yeah. So end credits to me were amazing. I love the music. I thought it was great. Let's, uh, let's talk about this, all right? Let, let's, <laughs> let, let's give some more overall impressions from this first episode. That's only one episode in. We got a long ways to go. There's a lot of stories still to tell, a lot of things to unfold, a lot of character relationships and things to develop. But this was our first look at season three of Picard. So give me your general thoughts. What are you feeling after this first episode so far? I, I some things that I, I really, uh, so I've thought about this a little bit. So some things that I, that I really like that in, in this episode, 
this first episode, it's really about this first part of a quest to help and save a friend, right? So, so you have this group of companions that have been companions for for years and years and years. You know, they've went their they've went their own way, but now a friend needs help, and that's going to be kind of the catalyst to have them reunite in some way. Um, and 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 now we've got this quest to save them. So I love that type of of adventure and I love that type of of mystery where you are trying to where you we will understand hey why did Dr. Crusher get separated and and what was kind of the history there and the reason. So I enjoy that and so I'm looking forward to learn about that. I I also really enjoyed that Dr. Crusher is a focal point of this. Um and and so I think that'll be great to kind of see like what history that she's had um, um, and the kind of the challenges these had because there's were there were definitely like a ton of ton of Easter eggs there yeah um, some some things I had been thinking about of this this first episode that we just touched on a little bit earlier a few minutes ago was what stood what had meaning to me or what stood out to me uh, was the the idea of choice and I talked about Lara saying kind of explaining to Admiral Picard is like like these these are the lives we chose and he has to make a conscious conscious decision to go um, help and find Dr. Crusher you know that's not an easy decision for him but once Laris kind of reminds him of who he is then it's like immediate okay that is that is the kind of decision he has to do that is kind of the same thing where you know Riker chooses to help Picard and um, Annika Hansen as first officer, she chooses to disobey orders and kind of go to the writing system where, where you know, she kind of, in this instance, she trusts her gut and goes, right, she goes and, and um, to that system where she has no idea, like, what's going to happen, but something in her gut tells her that's what she had to do. So I, I do uh, like that exchange a lot between Seven Annika Hansen and and Captain Picard, where she where she says this this phrase to him, and I really love what he says. It's like, how can you ignore your gut, ignore your instinct, and just follow orders? And what Cap what Admiral Picard says is he says he looks at her and he says, "If you find that answer, will you let me know? Because I never did." And mm. you know, so so because throughout his career, he's making the choice right to to kind of trust his gut trust his principles disobey orders when he has to um so i like that so what 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 that is kind of what stood out to me in this in this episode i love that there's the power of choice here um you know whether intentional or non-intentional that the that the writers wrote that in and i always love these ideas where um, you've got a group of friends and a group of companions and someone's in trouble and then you you have them reuniting and going on a quest on a quest to Lord of the Rings. Yeah, that's oh, right. Father, Lord of the yeah. Rings, right? I knew I knew but, uh, you were thinking exactly. <laughs> so, um, so there was that. I am I am glad that uh, Seven of Nine, Annika Hansen, is in Starfleet. I think that's great, and I think uh, you know she even mentions that it was Admiral Janeway and Admiral Picard that encouraged her to get into Starfleet. So, um, I thought I thought that was fantastic. I think that is definitely a yes uh, where she needs to be. I was a little confused about like. Hey, how is she all of a sudden 
first officer, but but maybe there was something that happened at the end of season two, right, where she got like a field commission um, in Starfleet. But I I got I'd have to go back and watch because I got a little bit confused. But all of a sudden, like, wait, she's she's first officer, which is cool. I think that's awesome. But um, I was like um, wondering how all that 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 happened. I thought that uh, so the idea that a weapon of essentially like a giant weapon of mass destruction uh, was stolen by a terrorist group and used to kind of commit horrendous acts was, I thought that was a, um, I think that was good. I think uh, seeing Rafi kind of go under deep cover, uh, that seems to be, I could completely see Rafi being like a, uh, an intelligence agent and kind of taking that kind of mission. That kind of seems to be like, yeah, I could see her that that is a definite forte that she's got. Yeah. And I I did like, you know, it was really short, just a few minutes, but I did like that they acknowledged her challenges, right? So uh, mm. because Raf, Rafi's a recovering addict yep. and, and Rafi's saying, you have no, she's saying to her handler, you have no idea how hard this is. And the handler off, obviously does because the handler like shows, shows all this background on, on Rafi, knows that she's a recovering addict and and the handler says something like, um, we're at war and you are a warrior. Um, and so, you know, Rafi kind of takes that. And I thought, yeah, this is a really, really challenging time. But the handler obviously knows that they are not asking Rafi to do something that is easy by any means. So they, they know that this is an incredibly, incredibly difficult thing for, for Rafi. Uh, I am definitely looking forward to uh, seeing the other members of the of the crew definitely looking forward to seeing Worf that we saw in the trailers and either uh, however the incarnation of Data is going to be we know he's somehow in either 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 Data I don't think it's lore well and no but in one of the pr- one of the promo images that they released they had they labeled all the characters and under where Brent Spiner was they labeled him lore. Oh, okay. So okay. I'm not sure what that means because I saw an image of him looking like Data slash Lore, but he had a Starfleet uniform on. So yeah, I'm not sure. It's going to be really interesting how they bring him in, right? Because they brought Brent Spiner in besides playing the, the consciousness of Data, right? They brought yeah. him in to play another an, an ancestor of Dr. Soon. Yeah. So how are they bringing him? Like, how are they going to intertwine him in as this character i'd be interesting to see what happens with that it would be it would be interesting i i liked uh there was a uh, a phrase that Riker said uh where oh picard was asked saying something like oh well i'm sorry i'm taking you away from your family for a bit and Riker said something like yeah well, I, I think that i think they're um they're okay with me being away or <laughs> they could use some time away from me so i thought that was that was cute like, you know, yeah um i thought that was good so, yeah, but I, I was, you know, I, I said this before, but uh, I was particularly affected by the beginning of the episode where, where Lara says to um, Picard, right, a point comes in a man's life where he looks to the past to define himself, uh, not just his future. And then he says, I hope that's not going to be me. And I think that has a lot of, you know, can have a lot of meaning too. Uh, a lot of us so i'm really optimistic in in seeing how this season goes 
um, I also feel that you don't necessarily have had to have seen season one or season two. The, this kind of felt stand alone to me. Yeah, uh, that's what I mentioned. Right? Yeah. yeah, I mean, Laris, you know, you kind of, it's helpful to have that background of Laris. Um, and it's, it's great that Laris and Adam and Picard are together, right? They've got a relationship. So that's why, you know, season one and season two, okay, you can get that background with Laris. But I didn't feel like you had to to see them. I didn't feel like you had to have season one or season two in your back pocket. Yeah, and honestly, you could probably get by not seeing season one and two and not really need to know all the stuff with Rafi. You could probably get by, say, okay, well, there's this character, right? She's part of Starfleet Intel. She's posing as a as a as a drug addict yeah but you could probably get away with just seeing her as she is in this first episode and not not having to know all the backstory right i think that's seven seven i think a little bit more because you have to kind of figure out well how did she get into starfleet right because at the end of voyager they go home you don't really know what happens with her but the 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 earlier seasons of Picard where she's one of these rangers right where she's out running around like a like a cowboy cowgirl shooting stuff up and doing things i feel like you do kind of have to know a little bit about where she's coming from yeah um but you're you are right with some of those characters like you i mean they did talk about how like season 1 and 2 are kind of its own thing and season 3 is going to be kind of its own standalone thing uh but they they do provide some continuity in there to kind of bring season 1 and 2 into it because right, yeah. there's no there's no Girardi so far in this. I don't know that I don't think we're gonna see Girardi. It's, maybe we will, maybe we won't. Um uh Cristobal, I think was that his name, right? Um in the past. Yeah, he's in the past. Yeah, yeah, he's in the past, so he's already dead because he was living in the past. Um, you know, uh El- Elnor, uh, you know, he's not around, at least not yet. We haven't seen Hugh. Yeah. A lot of these characters that they brought back for season one and or season two of Picard have not did not show up in the first episode. Maybe some of them will later in this, in the season, but so far none of, none of those storylines are present in this particular season. Right. right. But again, it's only the first episode. So there's still plenty of, you know, plenty of time to go, but I, yeah. I, so it'll be fascinating to see what happens with, I guess the newly discovered son of, yeah. of Dr. Crusher. Right. So where, where yep. that goes, I, you it's, notice he had an accent though too, right? He did have an accent. It's hard and to I'm see. Like, yeah. I don't, we have no idea where that's going to go, right? Because he said they had tried to have a relationship but but didn't. So between he and Dr. Crusher, so I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. His accent kind of sounded like could it be kind of like Picard's? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I'm 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 speculating here, but yeah. And you and maybe the have to figure that maybe that uh wesley crusher would show up sometime if you got to get the half brothers together well he's a tie like, he's a traveler now right traveler. so he could always just pop in whenever he wants basically yeah. right yeah. pop in looking like will wheaton from the ready room and everything yeah so overall overall i'm letting this kind of episode um kind of roll around in my my brain and uh, kind of develop and see see how it feels i'm really optimistic i'm uh, i really like really like it so far so we'll nice. see it'll be good it'll be good what how about your overall feelings yeah i mean you made some really good points here um uh, for me personally i think that uh this episode the, 
it had more of a TNG type of feel to it. It 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 felt it felt more familiar than stuff from season one and two. Uh, I, I this particular episode definitely felt like that. Uh, I I I think that this first episode of season three was better than any of the episodes from season one and two. Mm. Some people may go, "Oh my gosh, how dare you say that?" Some people may go, "Yeah, I agree with you." I don't know, but I I definitely felt like it it certainly had um a better overall flow and everything it was to me better than season one and two so far it's on the first episode i loved the uh the easter eggs how many easter eggs there were in this first episode um you know picard chateau is full of easter eggs beverly's ship was full of easter eggs um i'm sure i missed some too but things like the the uh, captain rachel garrett statue i thought was a really nice touch to tie that, you know, that storyline in um, from T in the TNG season. And, you know, I noticed too, that they're, they're so far because this is supposed to be a love letter to TNG, right? Of course, there's numerous TNG references, some deep references, like for example, the, uh, the award for doc, that the Dr. Crusher's team got for beaming down and, you know, that plague from the, that episode of TNG. That's a, that's a really, really deep Easter egg from mm -hmm. TNG. Uh, and you see it for you, the only reason I even could read it was because I paused the screen to see what it actually said um, after like the second time I went through this through the episode. Um, so I'm sure I missed some, but there were a lot of those, which is great. Uh, I, I'm surprised you didn't mention about the the lighting and the the look of the bridge <laughs> and the flooring. I mean, um, oh, okay. Did did, did yeah, you want to talk about that? Yeah, yeah, talk about your feelings about that, Chris, because I, I I know you shared a couple of things with me offline that I thought were pretty funny. And how is there so much gloss on all the <laughs> on the bridges on these new ships? It's so dark. There's so much gloss. There's so much neon. So many places to have like fingerprints. I just I don't get it. I, don't... I think I think Discovery started this. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just thinking, you know, you you walk into that that bridge and it feels like um i mean there's there so i don't want it to sound negative because it's beautiful beautiful uh, it's a beautiful aesthetic too but i yeah. uh, but i just i compare it to uh i compare it to the other bridges of the other start you know from our past uh, star trek yeah. classic trek series yeah classic trek series i feel like all right i'm i'm walking into this cavern or this cave of glossiness and neon <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'm like, oh wow! And so, um, I just don't see how they can like. I wouldn't want my car to have all you know gloss inside when I'm driving. I just wouldn't be able to see. Um, so, so, um, and even it was every ship. It was Rafi's ship. It was uh, the Titan. It was the it was the shuttle that yeah. Riker and Picard were in. Everything was dark. Yeah. Okay. Um, so the, yeah. you know, if, if for those of you out there who have seen the movie, the the animated uh, kids movie Despicable Me, and you have the three little girls, right? And the, the littlest girl, I think her name's is it Agnes or something like that, mm -hmm. and she has that little uh, she she wins that unicorn thing at the at the thing, and she's like, it's so fluffy. Yeah. I just want to walk in there and be like, it's so glossy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's how it feels. Yeah. I mean, the Titan the, the Titan Bridge is like so. I know. I 
I know it's going to be different. Of course it's going to be different, but it looks so different from the Enterprise uh, D bridge, so different yeah. from the Voyager bridge. I mean, they do not, like, it is not that dark. Yeah. From Trickett, so, um, and they said DS9 was super dark. Yeah. Well, I beg to differ. <laughs> but, uh, you yeah, know, you're right, Chris. It's, it's, it's absolutely true. Yeah, everything's shiny and glossy. Could you, yeah, could you imagine keeping the fingerprints off all that stuff? Unless, unless yeah. their surfaces are like, you know, anti-fingerprint or something, which maybe they would be 300 years from now. But I, I mean, you th <laughs> almost 400, but yeah. You think you want gloss? You think you want gloss, but when you have... <laughs> All that gloss, and you're, you're, you're you know, and you're trying to be a an actual operator of a system. I don't think you want all that gloss. How many crates of Windex do they got to carry to clean all that? <laughs> by the way, but I want to know a lot of it. But yeah, no, it, very very glossy and shiny, and a lot darker than than we're used to. You know, G Gene Roddenberry. I mentioned hearing in some interviews with some people who worked on the sets. Gene Roddenberry liked this idea of 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 the lighting and it being bright. And, and, you know, the, the, a certain aesthetic feel, right? The, the, the aesthetic feel that you have in modern Trek is much different than the classic Trek series for sure. Yeah, um, yeah we, I already mentioned this, but I, I loved that we continue to see the close relationship of Picard and Riker. Mm -hmm. um, I, 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 I really, their relationship really is heartwarming every time you see it on screen. Um, it's great to see Beverly back again. Mm -hmm. She's the first... Other than Riker and Troy, I and well, Data, Lore, all these other B four, all these characters, right? She's the first of the rest of the crew we haven't we hadn't seen yet, right? So it's great to see her back in. Um, the enemy ships. Notice I'm talking about superficial stuff, and I'm not talking about quotes and deep philosophical things here. <laughs> I told you guys this is how we we, we operate. No, but um, the the enemy ships that you saw uh, at the beginning and then right at the end you know where the, the 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 young guy is like oh you let him right to us and that big huge ship appears out of the nebula it kind of had a little bit of a like scimitar from nemesis feel to it the that. way it was designed didn't you think yeah. so yeah wow i agree it, it also like if for those uh, those of you out there who are babylon 5 fans it had a little bit of like a vorlon ship feel to look to it as well as far as the, the design of it um thought thought, thought it was a, a really cool looking ship um, the art and graphics on board the Titan I thought were beautiful. Um, I'm pretty sure the Akutas worked on season three of Picard. And uh, if that's the case, you you can certainly see their handiwork all over the Titan. When we talk with Doug Drexler, we can confirm that. Um, and then, you know, kind of get an idea as to some of the stuff that he helped with uh, on Picard. Um, I, I, I'm, I, so for me, moving forward, I'm really looking forward to seeing Worf again. Um, even though he's all gonna be all grayed out and everything, I, I want to see how they turn him into a pacifist, because we mentioned this on our episode of Strange New Pod, and we were talking about the relationship with Worf and Picard. I, I I'm struggling to figure out how that's gonna work. I hope it's a good story. I don't know that Michael Dorn would have signed on if it wasn't, but I hope it's a good story to talk about why he is the way he is now. Because honestly, like we've always known Worf a certain way. It doesn't mean people can't change, but you're going to have to really sell me on it to believe that Worf's now a pacifist. After all the things he's big about Klingon rituals and this, that, and the other. And uh, But, you know, maybe Jed Zia's death had an effect on him. And he decided, you know what, with the Dominion War and everything he went through, he decided he didn't want any part of that anymore. So I, I could buy that. Um, 
and obviously this this potentially lore i guess i'm curious to see how that works out with how they bring lore back in because they never killed lore off in the tng series right i don't think they did he was disassembled for sure yeah i i I, but i don't think they actually like you know quote unquote killed him like right the ship blew up or something like that so i'm gonna be curious if if it is indeed lore i'm gonna be curious how that wraps in and and if he's lore why he has a starfleet uniform on in a couple of the promo images so that's gonna be fascinating too what was Um, the i'm sorry what was the what was the character from nemesis the was talking it about data? Shinzon, the the clone no. of Picard? Uh, no, um, Data's. Not it wasn't Laura, wasn't Data, but it was the other. Oh, B four, B four. Yeah, where where Data transfers his what we think is his memories or something. Basically, he's supposed to be making a copy of himself into B four, but then they don't think it takes because Laura isn't doesn't have the advanced network in his brain or whatever that uh, Data had. Mm-hmm. It's like an earlier model version, you know. Has and, a we don't, time and we don't think it's before we don't think it's before that will be i mean maybe yeah. uh, uh, that yeah. would make sense right maybe before has evolved and all of a sudden now he's got but but then again it would the the, the overlap of data's consciousness dying how would that play out because a before has that stuff in him but now he's more alert i I don't know it's that 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 it's gonna be a lot of explaining to do when it comes to the role that brent spiner is playing on this season of picard i'm looking forward to that yeah yeah so lots of stuff still to answer for us obviously it's only the first episode um I, i i like you chris can't wait to see where this goes i'm really looking forward to finding out what happens with these characters how they do this supposed send off Mm-hmm. For the TNG cast, we there's been rumors that this may not be it. You know how the studios are. If something is really good and they say, oh, this is it, we're done, but then it all of a sudden just explodes, they may go, well, just kidding, we're going to make more. Disney is, you know, Disney loves to do that. Oh, yeah. we're doing a limited series of Obi-Wan. Oh, a limited series of this. Oh, just kidding, we're doing more. Like, okay, well, I guess you guys should have just said, hey, this is the first, you know, this is the first number of episodes and leave it there until you figure out what to do but um yeah i'm really looking forward to seeing what happens with the rest of this season uh if the rest of this season is anything close to as good as the first episode i think we're we're gonna be in for a real treat and i know when we talk to doug he's probably gonna say the same thing that hold on to your britches because season three is gonna be amazing yeah i'm looking forward to it as well for sure (laughs) yeah so for those of you listening and or watching on youtube we thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Random Red Shirt Podcast. I'm sure uh, if you are listening or watching this episode of, of our podcast, it probably means you're a fan of Star Trek Picard, and you too are also looking forward to what happens next. And uh, we're looking forward to seeing what our thoughts or hearing what our thoughts were on this first episode. So, Chris, uh, when the season of Picard wraps up or the show wraps up, however they want to you know, phrase it, I look forward to coming back to this and revisiting it uh, down the road when the, the whole season's complete and we get a chance to go back and look at the whole season and talk about our thoughts and uh, see where this road takes us. As do I. It's going to be it's going to be great. It's going to be a great journey. We're going to kind of see this unfold week by week. I know offline we'll be talking about the different episodes as they come out. So it's going to be yeah. terrific. Yeah. yeah, we're looking forward to it. And um, 
We're looking forward to talking to Doug here in a couple of days, and that episode with him will be out uh, very soon, this coming week on the, on the Random Redshirt Podcast, so be sure to stay tuned for that. Subscribe on our YouTube channel if, if you want to watch episodes moving forward and hit that little alert bell for notifications uh, so that you can be up to date as soon as our episodes post. Uh, and then if you uh, listen to us on podcast platforms, be sure to follow us or subscribe to get the uh, notifications when our latest episode and content is out. Also, tomorrow, as the time of this recording, February 19th, the uh, special Shuttle Pod Show live episode is going to be coming out, it sounds like, on their platforms. And yours truly, Zach and Chris from the Random Redshirt Podcast, are on that. So we will be sure to post a link as soon as it comes out to our, our social media platform so you can take a look at that. And uh, we got to be a part of that. It was pretty special going up there and being a part of that episode. Yeah, it was terrific. A wonderful experience and just the graciousness of of Mark, Erica, Connor, and Dominic uh, to have us was was wonderful. And we just really, really thank them. Yeah, it was special. We We had an opportunity to represent, you know, the audience and the fans. Uh, to be able to ask them some questions and be a part of their part of their uh, their episode, so it's pretty fantastic. I look forward to watching that too tomorrow when it comes out. So, um, that being said, uh, again, thank you so much for listening all over the interwebs <laughs> and all over the globe, as Chris says. Uh, we do very much appreciate it. Again, be sure to go to our social media pages, follow us there for the latest and greatest content from the Random Richard Podcast. We look forward to talking with you and interacting with you through there very soon. And uh, Chris, I'm looking forward to talking to Doug pretty soon. It'll be awesome. Yeah, it's going to be great talking with Doug. Looking forward to having him back on. So take care, everybody. And uh, we'll catch you next time right here on the Red and Red Shirt Podcast. Mm-hmm.